Hi everyone, I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Zen Yan and Dr. Diego Bojorquez, Professor of Medicine at the University of Virginia and Assistant Professor of Medicine at Duke University, respectively, who both joined us for a webinar to present their research using automated home cage phenotyping for preclinical obesity research. So let's get right into it. So to kick things off, here's an interesting question for Diego. Does the gut have memory? In response to a stimuli, let me break down this, this question in two parts. One is every cell has memory. They have to be able to remember things that they're having exposed to. And as a consequence, the gut as a whole, as a collection of uh, cells, must be able to, res- to remember the stimuli that has been exposed to. The basis, the, the, the biology basis behind this is really uh, unexplored. But I suspect by studying the circuitry that is connecting uh, the gut to the brain, we are going to be able to understand a little bit more, not only about how it is that the gut remembers stimuli, but how it is that that memory of the stimuli drives previously stored behaviors that are uh, previously stored information that are that is storing the brain to drive certain behaviors. I hope that that was... Yeah, great answer, Diego. Zen, now a question for you. How reproducible are your results? Seems like quite a a repetitive exercise that maybe mimics endurance. Are your results pretty consistent? My answer to this uh, reproducibility is that, yes, our result is quite uh, consistent. We are, you know, almost like every day we're doing it. And we have more and more data to show that, particularly for the glucose tolerance test, and insulin sensitivity. This model is uh, far more, uh, you know, profound. Even we had a direct comparison with endurance running. Weightlifting is uh, very uh, powerful in improving insulin sensitivity. And uh, but I would say I still have limited experience with this. And as time goes, I think we'll get um, get more uh, information. Excellent. And Zen, just as an extension of that, have you noticed much of a difference uh, in terms of results when you compare your uh, original methodology uh, to your more refined current uh, methods? Yeah, the shoebox data is just a proof of principle. I wanted to know whether mice will uh, try to get there and the push at all. We did not put a weight on the shoebox and we did not measure anything other than try to see whether mice will behave that way. There was no comparison of any result. Excellent. Thanks, Zen. Diego, question for you. How would you describe the interplay between the gut microbiome and neuropod cells? That is a very interesting question, and uh, it's the subject of active uh, exploration. In fact, uh, these cells do have receptors that allow them to recognize uh, not only microbial metabolites, but microbial patterns. How it is that they are able to discern these stimuli to that behavior still remains unknown, but you can imagine that they provide a direct conduit to be able to, for the animal to be able to recognize the presence or absence of certain bacterial ligands to be able to adjust its behavior, not only locally at the organ level, like increased gut motility, but also at the whole organism level by increasing or decreasing appetite or desires for specific nutrients. Excellent. Great answer. 
do mice eat less if they have to exercise to feed? Or do they actually eat more because they need to use up some energy exerting themselves to get at the food? And also, do the mites gain weight over the training period? That's an excellent question. We, we did pay attention to that. We also were asked by the reviewers when we uh, tried to publish the paper. The answer is that uh, they ate uh, almost the same amount as the control animals. And if we place the food and the, the device is in the right position and we have no difference in them. If you notice that in one of the figures, we show that when we put mice in the individual cages, the control mice start to lose a little bit of body weight. But in the weight-trained mice, when we put into the cage, somehow because they have this in, uh, this weightlifting activity, they gain a little bit of body weight. So I would say there is no profound difference between the control and the weightlifting mice if you put them on uh, the normal child diet. There, there is uh, no significant difference in the amount of food they ate uh, during the night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.